off of Florida State ain't shit. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we starting to back shoulder fade off on the right note, I guess. <laughs> uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the back shoulder fade. As I just said, I'm James Johnson, uh, the the young man at living in the background. <laughs> Uh, viewing his displeasure or, or letting everybody know his displeasure with Florida State. Oh, no, it, no, it ain't displeasure. It's it's full-on pleasure. <laughs> that is Joshua Sampson, ladies and gentlemen, my brother, my partner in crime, uh, one half of the Back Shoulder Fade duo. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Happy Labor Day, man. I know, man. Like, I keep forgetting it's Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ain't. I'm glad I ain't had to bring my ass to work today. <laughs> Cause I've been working today. See, that's <laughs> yeah. the difference. Yeah, so, well. yeah, like, but nonetheless, uh, happy Labor Day to everybody out there. Hope y'all enjoying it. Um, that's not to say I'm not enjoying it either. Got some writing in. NFL season coming up, which we'll talk on. Um, college football is. We finally got a full week of college football. This yeah. week. Not not that week zero. And I won't even call it week zero crap because that game, you know. That injected college football into our veins. That, that was a good way to start. Yeah. So, uh, nonetheless, we're going to get into it. And if I can recall, this is episode 12. 12? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, we're on episode 12. Episode 11 is not up yet because <laughs> I've been that busy. But we'll get that up for you all as well to listen to. Uh, so, we'll, we'll get right into it, man. Um, like we said, week one officially of college football. There were some uh, solid games on, despite only one of them being between ranked opponents, which we'll talk on as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was some exciting football going on in terms of the college realm. And we're going to start it off, man. Auburn and uh, Oregon, man. That was the college game of the week. You know, actually, me and Josh kind of still watching it right now. Uh, it's on the um, I'm, I'm thinking it's the SEC network that I turned it to. Uh, but, yeah, it's on the SEC network replaying, man. And um, overall, man, like. Especially how it ended, mm-hmm. you know, great game. Um, so I'm going to let you really talk on it because, like, I got to watch college football this weekend sporadically. So I ain't get to really, like, watch it, like, in tune and in depth. But mm-hmm. that being said, man, um, real quick, I guess we'll start with that game. What were your thoughts of that game overall just in general? Well, both teams kind of look like the – the, their old selves, and that's both a positive and a negative. Right. Um, Oregon, they had they looked like they had the athletes back on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Also on the defense, they had some really good um, guys in the secondary. Yeah, and they actually were kind of stout against the run to begin the game. Yeah, they were flying around the ball. I mean, they got yeah. a couple guys. I'm pretty uh, – Dye's an NFL prospect on the um, – Dye and Winslow are the NFL prospects on the Oregon side of the ball. Right. Uh, Herbert looked sharp. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over other than – I mean, well, he didn't throw an interception. Right, the fumble. Um, yeah, he had the yeah. horrendous fumble when they could have went up by two scores. Right, and we're going to talk about that too. Like, because I think quarterback mistakes is something both of these teams – I mean, it's week one, of yeah. course. But that's something they could both look back at. And had Auburn lost, they, you know, that's one thing. They would have been like, you yeah. know, we left margin for error there. Yeah. And um, Oregon could certainly say that, I guess. But even though, like, the – the one fumble he did have, the defense made up for it. They held them to three points afterwards. Yeah. You know, that should have been a set, easy seven points for Auburn. Yeah. But uh, go right ahead, man. Um, On the Auburn side of the ball, uh, Gus Malzahn's back calling plays. Yeah. Um, It took him a little while for for his quarterback to come along. But I could tell by the 
well, the game winning drive that he was in full, like he, uh, he took the reins off and he mm-hmm. he had complete. He had a whole lot of confidence going down the field against a, uh, a tough Oregon Ducks defense. Yeah, especially late. Yeah. Um, the negative side was I was pointing to is I, they alluded to this in the broadcast about how Oregon had a they were up thirty one ten on a, on, on a number seven ranked Stanford team last year mm-hmm. in a couple of mishaps and they ended up losing that game. And right. as a matter of fact, they were up. 31-7 midway through the third quarter, and they ended up losing the game. It kind of seemed Oregon got in their own way again, whether it be mm-hmm. them not being able to convert on third down. or um, It was just – it was a bad play call. I don't know what it was, but um, they let Auburn hang around. Yeah, And you know did. how Auburn is. Um, if you let them hang around – They get momentum towards Yeah, they'll, the get, they'll get momentum. The defense will keep yeah. them in the game. And, you know – <laughs> well, you've seen it with the the tip pass against Georgia or the, the <laughs> kick six or Auburn right. and Auburn and somehow get lucky. I mean, I know you know the the Dicks uh, took them all the way down the field, but the game when it passed was a lucky pass to me. I mean, me too. If the if the DB doesn't panic, I mean, it's probably picked off or at at least knocked down, and you know Auburn's got to try again. But yep. As a matter of fact, and as it's funny you speak about that because it's playing right here on ESPN on the highlights. Yeah. And I'm looking at it, like, the more and more I look at it, I'm like, it was just a, It was a bad throw all around. It, I mean, he floated it, and it was on the throne. I mean, the receiver had to jump back to catch it. Yeah, man. Like It's like I was telling you when the ball came out of Nick's hands, I was like, oh, ain't no way that's going to make it to yeah. him. You know what I'm saying? Like, just initially when the receivers were off the screen and the cornerback was off the screen, the way it came out of his hand, I was like, oh, God, no, like, yeah. what is you doing? Yeah. I wish I had that sound bite. <laughs> what is you doing? Yeah. And, you know, somehow the receiver who, what, I think this guy's like, they were saying he's like 6'4", 240 or something like that. Something like that yeah. yeah, huge, man. But uh, somehow he got in front of the guy, played his the old basketball logic, bots him out, basically. And like you said, the cornerback didn't make it any you know, he made it harder on himself. He yeah, kind of panicked. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But like that was one of those balls. Like he could, he could have easily got an arm in there, got in front of him. Yeah. Uh, but it just seemed like he was just out of sync in that play and yeah. panic. I don't know if he's like a freshman or whatever the case may be, but that was costly mistake. But I mean, it's you know they got it out of the way early. If yeah. you're gonna lose, yeah. you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I still think Oregon is the favorite. Um, to win the Pac-12, I mean, Utah had a strong showing against BYU in their uh, opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I just saw this last last night. USC, you know, they lost their starting quarterback for this uh, year. He tore yeah, his ACL. I was watching that game. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Um, and they're starting, I think it's a true freshman. Yeah. So, Or it might be a redshirt freshman. But at the bottom line, they're starting a freshman. So, yeah. a first-year starter at the position. Yeah, it looks like it might be a two-team race. I mean, you still got Stanford, but – Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still a wide open for Oregon to get back in the in the playoff race. I guess, right? Like right. you said, it's only week one. You seen teams lose. I me, mean, Ohio State lost week one, week one, week two, something like that, and they came back and you know won the whole thing. So, right. right. Yeah. So yeah, this was a you know we and you talked about this in the past. One of those measuring stick games for uh, for Herbert because mm-hmm. as we all know, he's thought to be a top 10 prospect in football um so you know the good thing is he got this out of the way he can grow from it uh you know and then people can like the good thing about these type of matchups is you can measure a person's improvement from this point on you know and and that's not to say he looked like he went straight trash well well, he he looked like like we said other than the fumble he looked sharp i mean we were watching Mm -hmm. some of the throws 
Well, you you know he got him out of he pocket. Got out he, route. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he was putting it, it was on a rope every time. I mean, he wasn't making bad reads or anything. The, right. The fumble really was a think about it, really the deciding factor in it. Uh, it was a, I guess a ten point turnaround, fourteen point turnaround, whatever you want to call it. Right. They were, they had just made a, was it the re- punt return or was it? It was a punt return, right? Was, they got, think, yeah. Yeah, got him in the red zone. Actually, they were inside the ten. And he was so excited to get in the end zone. You know, he fumbled the ball, but yeah, that's um, luckily the his own receiver when it ran down the defensive end. But um, like I said, if Auburn's defense kept kept him in the game, and uh, it, it really was almost a copycat of how they beat Washington last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a similar turnover, which they talked about in the broadcast. And you know, Auburn's defense kind of kept him in the game, right? And his name was Holland, by the way, Javon Holland, the kick, uh, the punt returner. Right. Yeah, he looked pretty explosive, man. Yeah. Like, yeah well, I, I want to see him uh, going forward. Yeah. I mean, well, they had. I forgot. I didn't. I didn't even notice that Schooler was out the top wide receiver. Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Breland was still. Uh, Breland was still in the game. I can't remember the backup tight end now. The one who, <laughs> AI the. Uh, he had the little DB after he caught the ball and he stepped <laughs> <Yeah>. over. Him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that yeah, that was embarrassing to yeah. say the least. Um, uh, but he had uh, go back look at the running backs. He had um, was it Verdell? Verdell? Yeah, Verdell, CJ Verdell, and he ended the game fourteen carries, seventy six yards, had five point six on average and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, they got a, they had a lot of weapons. I mean, they were mm-hmm. getting the ball out. I mean, die. If you go go down and look at the receiving, they they were throwing putting him out of screens, and I mean they they had weapons all over the place. They just yeah. couldn't get it done. I mean, yeah, like I said, when Auburn Auburn's defense, they they really kept them in the game. Especially, I really like the guy. Uh, I don't know if it, look down and see the tackles. Let me see. Oh, Chris and Tut, yeah, the guy was all over the field. I don't know if you ever noticed it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the fourth quarter, he was all over the field. I mean, I, he's actually the punt return. As a matter of fact, um, okay, yeah, he was. Um, guarding the, I think he deflected at least three or four passes in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was, you know, how to, uh, Oregon, well, Auburn runs it too, but they run the rub routes and the yeah. pick plays and all that. Right. And it really didn't affect him. He was going over him, under him, and he was still getting to the ball. So, right, I mean, right. they were all over the field. Then they had that big fourth down stop in the, in the fourth quarter. So, mm-hmm. it was a classic Auburn performance, like I said. Yeah. Gus Marzon calling plays. They had the hot, the, uh, High tempo offense and right. Uh, I mean, quarterback came through in the end. So yeah, I think like one thing that really uh, went into Auburn's favor. I mean, you talked about this is just the physicality. The long, yeah. the longer the game went on and the more physical yep. it got, you, you could tell like that was wearing on Oregon because Oregon was shutting them down again. Mm-hmm. Oregon's front looked like an SEC front mm-hmm. in the first half, but like. You know, when you play an SEC team, you can only do that for so long unless yeah. you're another SEC team and yeah. you're built for that life. Yeah. And, you know, that was kind of telling of this game. In the third quarter, you could start to see it. Well, it, effect, it affected some of the Oregon bats because, like, a, we talked about it before we started. Um, some Two or two or three of them are undersized. And, when, mm-hmm. you know, they tried to run them between the tackles. And, you know, they had to sit them out for a couple of plays because, I mean, they, they couldn't handle the – the toughness of the Auburn defense, right, and it, right. it kind of it kind of stifled their offense because that was their main offense. You know, yeah. they were running those two backs, you know, the two small backs in between tackles all game, and you know, once they went on the field, it kind of slowed down Oregon's uh, offense. So, 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was one of the things about that is how the game went as it got prolonged. Um, and and you know that's that's something Oregon's gonna if they want to play with the big boys that's something they're they're gonna have to get past is you yeah. know the national championship level teams not even so much Auburn but you know like the national championship level teams they even you know you can make the case for Stanford you know with um Coach Shaw is it yeah, yeah. they they play a physical brand yeah. of football that's, they wear on yeah, you too they, Auburn has trouble with Stanford every year they yep. play Stanford almost really plays like an SEC team where exactly. they, they beat you up all game and sometimes sometimes Oregon ha- can handle it sometimes they can't so I mean right, right. so um on Auburn's side uh one thing I wanted to talk about Bo Nix was 13 of 31 didn't really have all that good of a game but as me and you talked about earlier I believe uh this was his first game ever playing so yeah, he was a, yeah. He, so you know well, as freshman you I, know he, I could tell Malzahn was he really wasn't getting upset with him like through mm-hmm. the game he was more so Trying to you know, just keep the train going and try to right. try to coach him and try to teach him and try to help him grow throughout the game. Right, keep him on schedule. Yeah, because um, I, he was just trying to keep his confidence going because right. right. he knew if he got a shot at the end that you know he well, there's a reason he's starting as a true freshman over everybody else. Right, so, I mean, right. It, it just seemed like Gus was just trying to you know keep his confidence up because you know. They need him in the full quarter, and that's exactly what happened. And it worked. Yeah. It worked. Uh, you know, he started making the throws, you know, late. I mean, his stat line, like I said, 13 to 31 ain't all that pretty, but yeah. a lot of that, that 13 that was completed yeah. came late. Was, it, was that last, yeah. uh, was so that last like, drive? Yeah. You know, uh, he'll grow. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He'll grow and he'll he'll take his lumps as well. But uh, that's certainly a good game to get on his resume as well, you yeah. know, like to go against the mighty Oregon who played very sound defense for the most part yeah. in this game, you know, like they kind of conditioned him. Like I said, if they could, if they had, they stayed in it in the long run, they kind of conditioned him for what he'll see in the SEC. So yeah. it'll be interesting to watch Bo Nix going forward. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of the draft guys um, will probably start to study him more and more as he gets uh, puts together more tape, you know, yeah. if you will, and, and build a resume. So, yeah, man, that was game of the week, man. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, at first I saw it off and on. I didn't really see it like, uh, I guess you could say like throughout his tenure like that. But for the most part, I saw that second half, and now we got to see the first half yeah. on the replay here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, like uh, did not disappoint as a rank versus rank game. So that being said, um, another one, I, I don't so much want to talk about the game here, uh, but it's the Oklahoma-Houston game. Uh, me and you didn't really see a lot of it. I saw, I saw like the first half of it. But of course, I mean the big deal with this, and this is what we want to talk about is Jalen Hurts, who formerly came from Alabama, mm-hmm. um, in a new system. Me and you have talked about Lincoln Riley before and his offensive expertise, and uh, I know I praised him and, and you know his ability to work with uh, Kyler. Then it was a uh, Baker well, well, dog, Baker then Kyler, yeah, Baker yeah. then Kyler, or you know. Um, I guess I had the order mixed up yeah, there, but yeah. you you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. and now it's Jalen Hurts, and he mm-hmm. came out and just straight up, in terms of statistics, he was just looking on fire, man. Um, what was he twenty of twenty three? So <laughs> he only missed three passes. Yeah, he had, looking at this right yeah, for three hundred twenty two yards. Yeah, he had as many incompletions as he had passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous! Three rushing touchdowns and and like oh. I said, three hundred and thirty-two total yards. Hundred, yeah, was it two hundred something passing and one hundred and sixty rushing yards? I mean, he was that's NCAA 
PlayStation 3 numbers. Right. And I think they said that was a um, Oklahoma record for most points scored by a quarterback in his first game or I, something I like that. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> and that's no, But still, for Oklahoma, we, we know Oklahoma for offense. You yeah. know, like that's, that is kind of crazy when you yeah. think about it. I was like, damn, really? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, so. It just shows, I mean, it just shows. I mean, this, we talked about it too with Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. It just shows that, you know, Alabama really wasn't the right offense for Jalen Hurts. Right, right. Neither was, I mean, neither was Georgia, to be honest. For Fields. Yeah, yeah, right. for Fields. Yeah, I mean, I think me and you can agree that, you know, Fields is more talented than Jake Fromm, but Jake mm-hmm. Fromm's probably more suited for that system. Right, um, right. I mean, and you know, might make the pro transition quicker. I mean, you talk yeah. about it too, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but continue. And, you know, Justin Fields had an awesome day as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, he did. But what Jalen Hurts did, I mean, that was it, – it it blew my expectations out of the water. I mean, I, I thought he kind of, you know – I thought it would be like a normal Oklahoma victory. Right, right. Uh, where it just be, you know, maybe three three touchdowns and – well, like two two passing touchdowns and one right. rushing touchdown, something like that. You and know, call something. it a day. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, he just he checked every box. I mean, he threw he put the ball where he wanted to. He was running all over the defense. I mean, I mean, granted it's Houston, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, he did. It seemed like Lincoln and Raleigh unlocked another level for Jalen Hurts. Man, it's yeah. really what I wanted to see from Jalen Hurts all along at Alabama. But mm-hmm. like I said, it might have been the the offense that Jalen Hurts was running. Yeah, yeah, this could definitely help his draft stock because, you know, a lot of people um, from the draft Twitter community weren't, like, high on him when he was with Alabama. Yeah, I wasn't either. Yeah, so, I mean, you can include me in that, too. So, like, this this could help his draft stock, albeit, you know, I don't know if Lincoln Riley can get him into a first-round pick status or whatever the case may be. I guess time will tell on that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the move – like you said, with Fields as well, could prove to really help him financially in the end mm-hmm. as well because it, it just wasn't getting done at in Alabama. And, I mean, Alabama, to be honest, is not – see, the thing about it, like we were comparing Alabama and Georgia, Alabama ain't a quarterback-friendly school to begin no. with. You know what I'm saying? At it's least not. with Georgia, you know, we, you got Matthew Stafford. And, and Murray to some degree. Yeah, some mm-hmm. degree. You know, he was drafted in, what, the fourth or something around like yeah. that by the, the Chiefs. So, you know, like with Alabama, if you, you know, you're trying to be this marquee quarterback when you enter the draft, that probably ain't the move for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, just it was based off of history. So this definitely could prove to help Jalen Hurts. And, you know, I can't wait to see him and what he'll do in that conference because, as we said, they don't play no defense over there anyway. It's all about shootouts. That's a good point. He's going from SEC defenses where he's got to grind for almost every yard to Big 12 (laughs) where there's, like, no defense whatsoever. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely going to help his draft stock, man. I can't wait. Me neither. Me neither. So moving on. Uh, this is a game you saw. Um, I didn't see at all, but it was um, Iowa State and Northern Iowa. Iowa State is actually ranked. I think they were 21st, if something, I saw it correctly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so uh, if you would, uh, just real quickly um, talk about that matchup because it was one that you kind of told me uh, intrigued you. Well, it looked like it went down to the wire, too. Well, yeah, it went in the three overtimes. It was more excited. I mean, you know, you and I being a, I mean, they've done this before. Uh, three years ago, they beat Iowa State, but they weren't mm-hmm. ranked at the time. But um, you and I has been knocking on the door. I mean, they were. This, this was this was drawing comparisons to Appalachian State over Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember 
It's a North. I can't. It was North Dakota State uh, when Carson Wentz was there. I can't remember who they beat though. But you know, it was drawing my attention because I wanted to see you know it happen again. Because I, ne- <laughs> I was actually playing that day. Uh, Appalachian State beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. I was getting ready for game day and um, you know, Albany State. So I didn't actually get to see it. I like saw the highlights afterwards. Right. Um, I was, it was really intriguing just to see. I mean, you and I was not backing down whatsoever. Yeah, they have, they are a team like I don't know a lot about them, but they're a scrappy team though. I I've noticed that in the past and they've had some good prospects come out of there. Of course, David Johnson comes. Yeah, to well, mind. he was he was on that team that year that he beat um Iowa State. Yeah, I, oh yeah, I remember that now yeah. that you mention it. And then um uh was it Maurice Fountain, the receiver? I don't think he was drafted. He might have been drafted late. Yeah. In the, recently. So like they've had some like respectable talent there, yeah. man, over the course of the years. Well, they've been contending for the. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I still call it FCS. I mean, what is it called now? Is it Division One? I, I guess yeah, Division One AA or, one or eight, it might yeah. just be called FCS now. But um, yeah, I mean they, you know, teams like that who contend for that championship every year, whether it be them, North North Dakota State, uh, I can't remember the other. Um, my mind's trying to blank on the other teams now, but right. Uh, three overtimes, man. It was just exciting to just to sit there, see them going back and forth, and mm-hmm. especially in overtime where they were. It was one play where the guy ran around. Uh, I think he ran around in the backfield like twice, going back and forth, just trying to find somebody <laughs> open. And he find <laughs> Doug Flutie. <laughs> yeah, he, he finally and the quarterback just let it go, and the, and the guy caught. It was you and I, matter. What was it? You and I? Or was it? I can't remember which one it was. I believe it was you and I though. Mm-hmm. And you know they just—it was a dog fight, man. I mean, scrappy, scrappy. Yeah, scrappy. And, and we talked about this on the other part about how Iowa State uh, was, how they had the role of uh, the past two years of ruining people's seasons. Yeah, and yeah. and it almost happened to them. <laughs> right, to open up the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, so, funny I mean, how it works. Yeah, man. it was kind of ironic to, to watch that. I just want to see, you know, if you and I could pull it off. I also want the Iowa State to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. You know, so they can, you know, because really they're my dark horse to win the Big Twelve. You know, they come out and do right. this. Um, you yeah, know, yeah, luckily they will hold on, hold up. They luckily they were able to hold on to win on the unlike uh, you know, some other teams. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that we're gonna talk on. Yeah, yeah later. Uh, so UGA Vandy, uh, that was one that I wa- I watched the, um a lot of the first half of right. this game. Of course, with me being a Georgia fan, but I was mostly I was trying to tune in to mostly the Auburn game, and I know that's crazy as a Georgia fan. You watching Auburn over, but I mean I knew Georgia was gonna handle their business against Vandy. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but I was look, I was seeing the highlights. You know, they showed the highlights in the Georgia games, and like you know they'll check in with the other games. And I was like, oh whoa whoa, this Oregon and Auburn game. <laughs> like, yeah. Let me go, Georgia. Y'all got this. Let me go check <laughs> yeah. this out real quick, like because it's like. The way that Oregon started out, they were showing the highlights of that. Like they, st- I think they scored on the first drive, first, first and second, first two drives. Yeah. 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 So I was like, "Yo, let me go and check this out, man." But um, I mean, I'll keep it brief with the Georgia game, man. From he, uh, you know, from is starting to look like we just talked about that. Like in terms of if you one of these the Tom Coughlin type coaches, you know that that want the the guy that has the mechanics. Uh, the guy that's been in a pro style offense, mm-hmm. he's he's that guy for you. You know what I'm saying? If you like, the way I say it is, some teams have struggles evaluating the 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 quarterbacks that come from non traditional offenses in terms of what you would call 
non-traditional by NFL standards. Yeah, now. yeah. So that being said, like he's gonna be intriguing from that perspective. Of course, now it's plenty more games that have to be played, uh, this, that, and the other. But um, he went 15 of 23. Uh, he showed that command of the hell, the huddle, the the intangibles with that. I mean, it, that's always been Jake from from the get go. Um, and um, yeah, at the end of the day, he had like 156 passing yards, which is ridiculous. But they didn't need him to pass the ball a lot, yeah. Because as we can see on the stats here, Swift had a ball game. And he had like 16 carries for 150 yards, damn near. Yeah. Uh, a guy that I believe is, you know, first round, second round prospect. Uh, he has, he got, he does it all, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he runs between the tackles. Uh, just a beast in the open field, mm-hmm. especially. I think that's where he's gonna make his money in the NFL. To be honest with you, um, it scares me to think that Bill Belichick could get uh, Bill Belichick could get his hands on somebody like Swift. Or, like, you know, even one of these innovative minds like Sean McVay, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Even though they, you know, they have Todd Gurley and the running back that they drafted this year from Memphis. Malik uh, Jefferson? Oh, uh, what is, is it? it? I, is, I drafted is, him is he the, fantasy. Is he the him? Is he the Jefferson or Henderson? Henderson. Henderson, Henderson yeah, yeah, it's Henderson. But still, you know what I'm saying? That won't that, that won't stop a guy from Cliff, uh, not Cliff Kingsbury, a guy. And uh, Sean McVay, from if they see him as a threat, man, like the more threats, the better for that, you know, like Rams type of office. Uh, but yeah, he's gonna get a lot of looks, clear cut and dry as an NFL prospect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, pretty much. I mean, that was the story of the game was DeAndre Swift and Harry and the other running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had a ball game. I forgot his exact statistics. I'm gonna look that up real quick. But I know he ran up and down the field with ease, pretty much like Swift did. Yeah, I checked in on the Georgia Vanderbilt just to see what the mood was, and I saw mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw Georgia was in the uh, was like 24, 23 yard line, something like that. Mm-hmm. Swift went for 20 yards. I was like, well. Let me go back to Oregon and Auburn because <laughs> right. I know that's just that's, that's going to happen all night. It ain't no yeah. sense to me watching that. I mean, right? yeah, Swift has showed what he's been showing these past three years, two years, something like that. Two years. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Harrion had 12 for 65. So, that was good for a 5.4 average, you know. Yeah. So, he, he brought it with him. So, uh, overall, just to go ahead, you were about to say something. Well, not pertaining to this game. I was going to let you go ahead and finish your point. There. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I mean, I, that was it for me. Like, overall, like, Georgia did what people expected them to do and what they were supposed yeah. to do. We didn't. We don't have to hear Skip Bayless' mouth about Vanderbilt. You know what I'm saying? He, he going to take the Twitter talking about something. Well, Georgia beat us like I expected them to. But, you know, he said something else. And he I forgot what he said in his – but, yeah, it was like we didn't want – like if this game – if they would have scored 21 points in this game, we would have had to hear from Skip Bayless – all month about this like oh they were just within a hair of beating georgia no we, we're not trying to hear that skip just skip I'm, I'm like shannon man skip just sit down so i'm glad the deficit was this large because yeah. i ain't, i didn't even want to hear from skip bayless yeah. all month to be honest with you but um that being said next game boise state <laughs> this the one that well, josh well before yeah um Go before we get into that, i just want to say a lot of these Heisman candidates that projected before the season, mm-hmm. a lot, uh, almost every last one of them came out guns blazing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Swift. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We, we didn't even talk about Clemson, Georgia Tech, but Antion went for two hundred yards. Yeah, he ran all over the place, all over Georgia Tech. Um, Trevor Lawrence kind of. I mean, he had a mediocre game, but right. he really didn't have to have that much of a big game with what no Antion was running. It. Yeah, um, Jonathan Taylor. He went for over 150 yards. Yeah, uh, running back from Wisconsin. 
Oh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, yeah, that kid from Wisconsin. Yeah, great. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. He I might, caught some of that game. He might be, you know, sneaking and win the Heisman. Now Herbert, mm-hmm. but for the game he had, I mean, he was putting the ball in the money. Uh, of Jalen Hurts, of course. I mean, he's the right. front runner now. The performance he put on, but this one, all the Heisman candidates, they put on show. Right. Yeah. They yeah. uh they met expectations. You yeah. know what I'm saying, and it's exceeded expectations in yeah. some cases. You know, so. Uh, yeah, that was a, it. Was a good week if you're a Heisman candidate. It was, it was in all likelihood a good week for you, um, yeah. based off of uh, the games that occurred on week one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Florida State and Boise State. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so it had to be moved uh, from Jacksonville. That's where it was initially supposed to be. I know a lot of people in Jacksonville were excited about that, uh, but the weather, well, the the situation. Yeah. With, I guess with all of the evacuations going on, they decided it would be better to move it more to. Um, to Tallahassee at Doak. Um, didn't even make sense. Like, it, it's not even supposed to hit to like, that's, Wednesday, yeah. right? Like I said, I think it had more to do with traveling and evacuations and people trying to get out of there and them trying to not to make downtown congestive. Probably. But, you know, like, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not on the city council. Well, what was weird was uh, Florida State requested for this game to be in Jacksonville in the first place, which didn't make sense to me. But right. Um, I guess they wanted to make it more of a I don't know. It's marketing, man. Yeah. They know where their markets are. You know, aside from Tallahassee, you know, where are Florida State fans? You think about Jacksonville. You think about Orlando. You yeah. think about ta- uh, Tampa, you know. So it was probably one of the marketing things that they, they wanted to kind of yeah. use um in their favor. Well, they shouldn't have <laughs> – <laughs> they'd be glad it wasn't in Jacksonville. They, it would have been a lot of mad <laughs> folks, boy. Jacksonville they, they, folks don't take losses they, well. They probably, they probably would cut off our ten before the state trying to get back. That a bear, that fucking egg they laid in. Uh, Ooh, boy, Jesus Christ, man. Boy, it, it was a little egg in the in the second half. They didn't score a single point in mm-hmm. the in the second half and let Boise State. Do whatever the hell they want to do. Just straight died, and it was it was crazy because I was watching the first half. They were running the ball almost at will, well, having success. They were running the ball, throwing the ball over the top, doing yeah. whatever, doing whatever they wanted to do. So I mean, like you look at uh, the box score here: twenty-one points scored by Florida State in the first quarter, ten scored in the second quarter, mm-hmm. then two goose eggs. Yep. Like what? Well, it got it kind of got me excited. I was like, well, maybe Florida State be good this year. It'll be a good yeah. game. When we play them uh, week eight, something, week nine, something like that. Right. You know, maybe Florida State, you know, maybe Taggart finally figured it out. Maybe mm-hmm. he finally figured out the formula to get these guys to play for him. Or, you know, they had, he had some dumbass excuse talking about uh, the, the players didn't get over Jimbo leaving. I'm like, first of all, it's your job to, to get the players to follow you. Like, that's, a, that's one of the main uh, objectives of a coach is to, to get the players. Establish your culture when you get yeah. there. Your the key word your coach. Yeah, they they were so uh, sad about Jimbo. Just let them, let their ass go to Texas A and M or whatever the case may be, or Florida or what. Not that they want to go to Florida, probably, but, yeah. or whatever. You know, let them go that and get no get your people in there that's going to establish your culture. That ain't no good excuse. They had a they had a Jim they had a Jimbo hangover for the whole season. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. Yeah, man. But but like I uh. said, the first half it looked like Taggart. You know, looked like they finally figured it out. You know, Blackman was throwing the ball over the field. Acres and I can't remember the other kids' name. They were running the ball whenever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then Florida State came out, and they looked like 2018 Florida State. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you look at Blackman's stats, 23 for 33. He threw for 327 yards, bro. Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns. A lot of them were chunk plays. Like, so when I just looking at his stats alone, if I hadn't seen, like, some of the game, I would be like, what went wrong? Like, how? Well, if you go back and go back and look at uh, Boise State stats, I mean, they they actually outgained Florida State at the end of it. But mm-hmm. I mean, they you had a perfect combination. You got a uh, two year starting quarterback in James Blackman. You got Cam Makers, one of the best uh, running backs in the college football. You you be able you got a really good defense. You can throw the ball whatever you want to. You can run the ball, and you playing against a true freshman. On the going halfway across the country, basically in your backyard, right, and you can't get the job done, right. Yeah, just and, looking at it, and it, 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 it. Only if you watch the first half, every time Boise State would try to make a run or something, like Blackman would just okay, you get throw, throw the ball over the top. It, you you're not mm-hmm. gonna catch up with us. I don't know what they did in the second half. But they got conservative, or it just it's, it, 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 it's that was embarrassing, man. It is. It is. I'm looking at the um. So I'm looking at the team stats here. As good as Blackman was, uh, Florida State was out gaining this game. They had 426 total yards. Boise State, Six. and I'm assuming like they came in the second half, like you said, 621 yards. So I don't. I mean, like that's that's inexcusable, especially on your defensive side. Yeah. Especially 621 yards is ooh. You know that's. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't is Taggart a defensive coach? I don't know. He came from Oregon, so I don't know exactly okay. how. Don't much. quote me on that. Yeah, then, I, so I, I don't know what kind of coach he is. I know he, they brought it. Well, this I will say they brought him in because of the recruitment connections. That was Florida's big, Florida State's yeah. big thing. Yeah, with him. So um, who knows? But um, time of possession, uh, Boise had it for 40 minutes, just over 40 minutes. Florida State had it for. Uh, Nine, uh, 19 minutes and 55 seconds. Yeah. Well, like I said, that that just attributes to the chunk plays that they had in the first half. Right. Where, you know, they had run two, one, they run one or two plays. They throw the ball down the field because the, the defensive backs cannot cover their wide receivers. Uh, right. Boise State cannot cover Florida State. Right. I don't, right. And then, you know, we saw the highlights. They had uh, Boise State basically gave Florida State the ball back inside the red zone, inside yeah. the 10-yard line. Yep. And the dude try to mistake. dude try to pick it up, and they basically knocked the ball out of each other's hands. And Boise State was able to get the ball back. Can't let that happen, man. Yeah, so I mean, it just it. I, I don't I don't know which Florida State I'm gonna get this year. Was it is it <laughs> gonna be the one who, you know, is gonna come out and you know try to blow people out or right. you know try to dominate, or are we gonna get the second that second half Florida State, which it just looks inept, undisciplined. Right. I, I don't know, man. Did they lose their confidence? It just. It seemed like they were expecting the Boise State to lay down, which the the coach that coaches Boise State came straight from Chris Peterson. And if you know Chris Peterson, the, the Boise State is never out of the game. Right. Especially they were only up 12 points. It wasn't like it was 31 to, to 3 at halftime. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, we Boise has been known. They had a history to crush some dreams, too. Like, Well, they they, they got a history. They've been they've – been, uh, I mean, of course, they beat Oklahoma. They beat Georgia. They've beaten TCU three times. They've, I mean, they've beaten a lot of right Power Five teams. So Boise State ain't. That's what I'm saying. Like in the second half, you can't be saying, "Oh, 
We yeah. got this. You know, like it's, how? It's an yeah, I I I put it on record. It's an A culture now that the the <laughs> right. yeah, the, the beat you. I mean, they 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 come in that game expecting to win. I mean, you may still classify them as an underdog, but right. The, you go down and look at their resume. I mean, they've, they've Oregon been, was one of them. Remember? Yeah, well, yeah they with Laguerre Blunt, <laughs> where, where he he punched Howard in the face after the game. Oh boy, that was. I never forget that one. Boy. Yeah, well, that was opening night too. Boy. Yeah, <laughs> well, he caught a square in the jaw, bro. But hey, they they still got a W though. Yeah, they still yeah. got a W. Yeah. So yeah, man, they like you say they, that's that's a culture thing for Boise and. FSU should have known that yeah, uh, Willie Taggart shouldn't be using no excuse saying it's, you know, it's still Jimbo's culture down there. Like, it's, it, that game was inexcusable all around, um, yeah. especially the second half. So we'll see if Florida State could turn their tide. Uh, based off this game, you, you got to be concerned. I mean, I know a lot of Florida State fans aren't necessarily uh, confident heading forward. Um, but I'll, I'll be embarrassed, man. Yeah. Just yeah. like uh, we're finna talk about the next game because the next <laughs> game is even more embarrassing. Yes, and that is Georgia State upset in Tennessee, thirty-eight. Well, before we to get 30. into that, before we get into that, this Go ahead. I, I just pull up the list. Georgia State is being Oklahoma, Oregon three times, uh, Virginia Tech, Georgia, Arizona State, Washington twice, Arizona, Virginia, and Washington and Oregon State three times, and now Florida State. So you know that's a nice little list, yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's a nice little it's list. It's in their culture. They they expecting to win, man. So yeah, I mean that's why I was upset when they beat Georgia. Like, yeah, it's like this. It was beginning to become part of their culture then. Yeah, you know, I was like, come on, now. like we. Yeah. Okay, you gotta take these folks serious, man. Yeah, like, I I'll be worried to play Boise State and Miami, man. I mean, talented as we are this year, I mean, to Boise State, they they just they won't stop coming, man. Nah, they don't. Uh, they don't. <laughs> this is going to the <laughs> so Georgia State <laughs> upset Tennessee thirty eight to thirty, if I recall the score it, correctly. It um, wasn't that close either. Yeah, I, I was I was about to say that um, it probably wasn't as close as the score says it was. Mm, right. Um, me and Josh watched some of the highlights. I didn't see the game. Did you see any of the game? Yeah, itself? I watched the second or the third and the fourth quarter when mm. it was kind of a battle. I think it was like twenty four twenty one at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. this was more. This was a classic example. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, uh, well, Florida fans hate me already, but this, is, <laughs> this this gives me deja vu when Georgia Southern came down to uh, yes, came down sir. to the swamp. Yes, sir. <laughs> was it was it four hundred some rushing yards? Something like over four hundred. Yeah, and no passing yards. <laughs> And they came out with a win at Gainesville that day. I mean, this is a it wasn't that lopsided, but Georgia State did whatever they wanted to do on offense. Right. And they, I mean, Tennessee just looked Tennessee looked like Tennessee State. No disrespect to uh, the HBCU, but mm-hmm. they looked like they were on the dog. I mean, it, just, it was just bad, man. Tennessee. I was reading some of the stuff on Twitter, man, and and on Reddit. Yeah, they've hit a they've hit a new low. I mean, this was even worse than when uh before Bush Jones was there. I can't remember the guy's name now. Um former. Mm-hmm. Philip Fulmer. Um, yeah. I think it was I can't remember his first name now, but I think that's his first name. I think name. it was in between when Lane Kiffin was there and when um Bush Jones got the job. But man, that's it's just a bad look for Tennessee, man. Yeah. For you to 
pay it to, <laughs> pay a school nine hundred k just to, for them to come in there and whip your ass for <laughs> three and a half hours and then just leave. I mean that was that, that was a pretty short bus ride too. I mean it was you go from Atlanta to Knoxville. I mean I mean not only did they get paid, but you know they would uh, premier SEC school team. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it was it was a, it was embarrassing. I. I I, I don't know anybody who's a well and is a Tennessee fan. I'm I'm sorry, but uh, that that was just, that was a bad look, man. Yeah, I mean, like me and you talked about Paul Feinbaum on this show, and we like we well, you aren't a big fan of him, but he he hit it on the head when he said this is a low for Tennessee. Yeah, like you might could put it worse than that. I don't what? know, but um, but from the highlights I saw, you know, it was. It wasn't pretty for Tennessee, man. Like, and from what I heard, they weren't able to really establish the run, nope. which you should be able to do with SEC talent. You know what I'm saying? That that alone, like, it should be your go-to. If you don't have anything else in the SEC, you should be able to get busy in the trenches, the offensive trenches. Couldn't run the ball, couldn't throw the ball, couldn't it just yeah, couldn't do anything. Man. And to put this into perspective, I'm looking at the box score here. Uh, Georgia State's quarterback Ellington. Only completed eleven passes. Eleven passes. <laughs> Through for one hundred and thirty nine yards, bro. This is bad, man. <laughs> and two touchdowns. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. So yeah, that, clearly they couldn't that, stop the run. This is what happens when when you come in. I mean, we saw other teams take care of their business, whether it be UC UCF blowing out uh FAMU or whoever Penn State played. Was it Howard or something like that? Uh, well, they beat I, them seventy nine nothing. I forgot who it was, but yeah, they beat the brakes off them. But even if they score, like if you don't put fear in this team, like you know, some teams, you know, they'll you know they hang around for a quarter mm-hmm. and a half. But if you don't put fear in 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 a, in a, a twenty, they were twenty six point underdog, right? If you don't put fear in a team like that, from it ain't even got to be from the goal. But if you just keep hitting them and hitting them and hitting them, right? You know, eventually they'll you know okay. <laughs> right, this y'all you know, game to be won. Yeah, this you know this is SEC talent. You know this is something we're not supposed to be messing with. Right, man, you, you let it you let it keep going. That's how you and I almost won. Mm-hmm. I mean, you let them get confidence. Anything can happen, man. This ain't. Yeah, and I mean, from that perspective, you getting into the you know the third and fourth quarter, and you like, hey, man, we we yeah. a quarter away from beating or or we're a touchdown away from beating Tennessee. And at at that point, and it's too late at that point. At sometime. that point. You know, a team like Tennessee, they get well. Not, a, you know, the other team, they'll get nervous. Yeah, it's yeah, probably, shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, yep. They're probably thinking, oh, okay, when this clock gonna run out? Or, you right, know, right. You know, that's probably you know, it might have been a, what happened with Florida State, but you get in a situation like that, man. You almost you just trying to sneak out the back door, but some teams that you know they ain't gonna let they ain't gonna let it happen. Like, right. It it takes me back to. I don't know if you remember this one. Was it? I can't. Was it Jacksonville State that beat Ole Miss? I can't remember if that was the case or they almost beat Ole Miss. But that culture ain't ain't, ain't in college football no more. Where right. you get a cupcake and you just expect them to roll over. I mean, some of them, you know, like Fam U or Savannah State. You know, they just don't have the talent or they just don't have the confidence to think they can do it. Right. But some of these teams, with the right culture or with the right motivation, you know, they they. And it's a you have to show them. You have to show them that you better than them. And I don't think the talent spread. I don't think the it's that big of a spread anymore. To be honest with you, right? 
I mean, like it used to be. Yeah, I mean, right. All these teams, uh, you look at some of these teams' locker rooms, all on, or they they designed by the same company. I don't know if you know that, but uh, when you look at like LSU, like how they they debuted theirs and yeah, Texas, yeah, 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 you know, all of them are designed by the same company. You know, a lot of these teams they got certain cultures and they got certain ways to get players to come in, mm-hmm. and you know, players ain't worried about tradition anymore. They want to go where they you know feel the most comfortable or. Right, like they got the straightest line to the league, or you know. Right, that's true. But I don't think that talent spread is there anymore. Now, granted, Tennessee's talent spread should be talent should just dominated this game. And right, I, I don't know, man. I don't. Yeah, who's who's the coach for Tennessee? Because Jeremy Pruitt. Oh yeah, I mean you talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, man. I how we, I was like, I feel bad for him, man. Yeah. I don't feel bad for Tennessee University. <laughs> At all, <laughs> it ain't a fiber in my in my body that feel bad for them, but I feel bad for Pruitt, man. Yeah, because that's embarrassing, man. And that's like you you already know, man. Like people gonna keep looking at this game. This one is gonna like me. And you talked about it. it's gonna have that stench for five years, like the Florida game did. Uh, with the uh, still does. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, and people going to keep looking at that game and putting it on his resume and like, yeah, this guy should have been gone. Well, that's like, what that's what got Ron Zook fired, the Georgia Southern game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they – they, I can't remember Florida. Florida lost to some bad teams that year. I, I can't remember who. Uh, they lost to Mississippi State when Mississippi State was bad that year. Um, mm-hmm. I remember Mississippi State had that black coach uh, with the mustache. Yeah, was name, it uh, – it wasn't Croom, was it? I think it was Croom. Was it Sylvester Croom? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was Croom. Yeah, but Mississippi State was not good that year, and they, you know, Florida uh, fucked around and lost to them. <laughs> and, you know, I don't – he was already on the hot seat. Then right. they, they messed around and lost to uh, Georgia Southern, so – I mean, it wasn't just Tennessee. It was embarrassing for the whole SEC East, other right. than Georgia. You know, of course, yeah. Florida didn't play, but I mean, Missouri lost, um, South Carolina lost. Uh, was other the Kentucky play? Well, it really don't matter. They, it, <laughs> I mean, they just it didn't look good, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I told you, it, if you're a Georgia fan, you're looking at this SEC East, and you're like, man, like. You know, of course, like, it's the SEC. We don't take nothing for granted. Yeah. But you got to be a little bit more confident coming out of week one. I mean, like, I ain't exactly scared of Tennessee now. You know no. what I'm saying? Like, Tennessee always is a team that in the back of your mind, you feel like, hey, man, we got to take these boys seriously. We still are going to take them seriously. Well, don't make no mistake about it. But Well, that happened, like, three, four years ago. Like, remember when Georgia went to Tennessee and mm-hmm. Gurley and um, who's the other kid? The white boy. He got hurt. Like, didn't both of them get hurt in the same game? You ain't talking about Michael Bennett, was it? Michael? I can't remember. Anyway, Tennessee ended up winning that game because right. you know Georgia couldn't run the ball. Yeah, but um, you know anything like I anything could happen in the SEC. But I kind of have my reservations about Georgia, even mm-hmm. though they bring a lot of people back. You know, I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe Florida had a shot to you know sneak in the SEC right. East if Georgia slipped up. But man, the, <laughs> the 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 way the output these teams put out week one, it just and week zero, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, so we'll see. Ultimately, Ty will tell, you know, health has to play into that for Georgia and yeah. some other factors and this, that, and the other. But, um, yeah, as a Georgia fan, I'm certainly confident with what I saw yeah. week one, even aside from what we did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You take that out of the picture. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, you know, these teams got some growing to do, yeah. a lot of oh, growing yeah. to do. Oh, yeah. And, you know, South Carolina's in trouble. They just lost the quarterback for a month. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. So I guess we'll see how the SEC shapes up and uh, just college football in general shapes up as um, 